I would like to welcome you back to the Chillin' Dome podcast. Today's guest is a challenge champion. My friend Tori Deal is here to talk about winning the challenge. You know, she goes into detail about her mental health struggles and it was just a great episode. I really hope you guys all enjoyed it. We actually just recorded this today, Thursday. So I'm editing this tonight and posting it because I think you guys all want to hear it. I actually know because I've gotten many DMs about it. Um, I'm at Chillin' with Dylan Pod on Instagram. Um, so send me any DMs or questions or anybody you want to hear from, and I will try my best. Without further ado, actually, before we start, I have we'll be doing a Challenge Mania Live Philadelphia poster giveaway next week. Um, so look at my Instagram for details on that. It'll be a poster signed by Anissa, Maurice, Ed Eason, Mark Lung, and the queen, Olivia Kaiser. Without further ado, here is Tori Dion. Hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Hey. Good vibes and such an incredible feeling. The podcast that you need and want. Interviews with reality TV stars. Uh, so entertaining. Now you don't want to miss. Uh, real as it gets, never know what to expect. Uh, got a rep jersey, I thought I told you. Yes, indeed. Every week, got a brand new poster while I'm hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Hey. Chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Let's go. So the next guest on the Chilling with Dylan podcast is a challenge champ, an icon, and arguably the female face of the show right now. <laughs> Tori Deal. Tori, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Dylan. Thank you for the warm welcome. Um, it's a ple- It was a pleasure to meet you in person, and it's a pleasure again to be here talking to you. I'm really excited. I'm so excited, too. Um, so I start every um, episode off um, with just like a mental health check-in kind of vibe. Um, you mm-hmm. know, 2020 COVID completely changed the dy- dynamic of the world, um, and you were very open and vulnerable this season about what you went through. Um, so if you could just talk about, you know, more about that and how you're doing now, you know, in 2023. Yeah, I think that I love number one, that you're starting off with mental health because it's the foundation of who we are as people. There's no way that we can achieve incredible things if we don't deal with ourselves first. And if we do get an incredible accolade while we're dealing with mental health struggles, then who knows how we're going to handle that? Like I talk about this in my personal podcast, if I would have been a champ any sooner, then I was crowned. I don't even know who I would be today because I wouldn't have done all this self-reflection and self-growth. So to sum up this answer for you, um, talking about mental health, I think is so important because who I am today is who I always wanted to be. And I'm not perfect, no, but I am happy in my body. I feel safe. I feel like I trust the universe. And I think it's just a feeling that everybody deserves to feel. 100% agree with you. Um, You know, it's been a couple of seasons where you've been so close. And then this year, you finally got that win. Um, I want to talk about that 100 hour final. I want to talk about the season with Devin because you guys have come a long way. Um, I mean, even people that watch you and are you the one you guys did a season, I think it was called are you the one second chances or something like that, where you Mm -hmm. guys be thing. So if you could just talk about your growth with Devin and how it came to be, because America loves you two together. But it used to be one versus one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So the trajectory of our relationship, like you said, has hit all ends of the spectrum. When I first saw Devin, he was on Ari the One season three. I had not been a cast member yet. My roommate was like, watch this show. You'll like it. I was like, I don't watch reality TV. No. I watched the show. I saw Devin. I was like, I have a crush on this guy. Like he is 
funny and shit talker. And like, he had a really, really cool energy about him. So sure enough, he's the reason why I applied to go on Are the One. I get on, I have my own journey on that show. And then when I meet Devin on Second Chances, I always joke about how you never want to meet your idols because him and I just immediately clashed. He was shit talking to me now. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm on the shit end of the stick. And inevitably that's what started our feud. But our hearts are very similar. We are, we have the, we speak the same language when it comes to humor. We're goofy. And eventually our connection eroded that, you know, initial headbutt. And so now like he is truly one of my best friends and I am so thankful I get to be on earth with him and that I get to compete on a show like the challenge with him. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like this happened between Ride or Dies and Spies, Lies, and Allies. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do want to ask because I've had a lot of listener questions sent in, but, you know, I want to bring up the Vacation Alliance. Was that where you and Devin, you know, buried the hatchet? If you could talk about that, you know, it seems like you guys, that alliance has taken over the show and really gotten all of you guys to the end the next two seasons after that. Yeah. So it's funny. The vacation Alliance is not the way it happened. Like when people talk about it, it's not, it didn't happen like very strategically. Uh What happened was Anissa got an Instagram deal to go to a location. Anissa invited me to go with her and invited Josh to go. Anissa couldn't go because she ended up filming all stars one. So with Anissa gone, we had one more spot open and Josh and Devin had just become friends after uh, double agents. And Devin and I were starting to talk. We had met at a reunion, the double agents reunion. We got really close at. So after the double agents reunion, he also came to my birthday party and he was one of the only people there. And we, you know, had a fucking blast of a night. So it was kind of one thing that led to the next and the vacation Alliance. I mean, once we were called that, we were like, all right, like, fuck it. Everybody has their Alliance, right? Like, you can sit back and you could name the amount of alliances that have come from the show that also have names associated with them. We've never called ourselves that. We'll never call ourselves that. But it is just the natural progression of how our friendship has evolved. And yes, I would say that we solidified our friendship in Mexico because how could you not get along with somebody when you're in a private villa and cracking up all the time? So oh, it was easy, yeah. Um, so you said you were interested in Devin when you first saw him on your TV screen. <laughs> yeah. Is there any romance going on now? Do you see any romance in the future with you two or is it just platonic friends? It's totally platonic. Like I love Devin so, so, so much, but my eyes don't even look at him like that. And he doesn't even look at me like that. We are truly just friends, like brother and sister in a sense. So- oh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm also not looking at anybody like that. For the record, I've been celibate for like the last eight months. I haven't had, I haven't been with anybody. So I've, I've kind of just put my blinders on from opening up to people like any relationships anyway. Yeah. So I do want to talk about a past relationship, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to get too into detail, but there's a lot of rumors that you knew Jordan was going in there. It wasn't a surprise to you. So I just want you to clear the air. So everybody knows the truth about whether you knew Jordan was coming in or not, and then what your initial thoughts were when you saw him, you know, take his hood off. There is not a shot in hell I knew Jordan was coming in. I was legitimately shook 
when I found out later, so what happened was we, we had to go into quarantine. We, they take away our phones. We go into the house to film. Somebody got COVID. We had to go back into quarantine. And then we got our phones because production was like, all right, we don't want anyone to walk. Like yeah. you guys have your phones, just sit in, sit in, um, you know, the hotels for a few more days. And within that time period, I found out later that Nelson actually knew Jordan was coming. I approached Nelson after and I'm like, how could you not tell me like in a very like straightforward very like just a moment of conversation, but he, he would never have spilled that to me because Jordan swore Jordan made everybody swear not to tell. I think Jordan only told Naya and Naya told Nelson. So there was only a handful of people that knew. Mm -hmm. Um, and I genuinely thought Jordan was not going to come on another show because after we broke up, he said, I'm not giving that storyline MTV. Absolutely not. Like he didn't want to play a part of it. So I was surprised when I saw him and I was talking to him for the first time, like, maybe two days before I left for filming because I actually wanted to squash um, our beef prior just because Naya had reached out to me after they hooked up on all stars. And she was like, she had to do the podcast. And she was like, Hey, I just want you to know, like there's something in me that says to reconnect you two out of the blue. She did this. So maybe it was because she knew that he was coming on, but I genuinely think she has a good heart. So she just wanted to get us back talking. So anyway, to make a long story short, I communicated with him two days before leaving for filming and offered to fly out and see him just to like, like, you know, breeze everything over because I wanted to be on good terms with him. He said, no, I left for filming. And then he came on the show. I had literally no clue. Yeah, I, I believe you. But I mean, there's a lot of rumors, you know, there's a lot of hate going on. Do you around. want me to pull up my text thread? <laughs> I'll no, I, said, I, I believe you. I believe you. I'll pull it up right now. <laughs> I will pull up my text with Jordan. You will see everything. Yeah, I believe you, but there's always those haters on Twitter that love to stir the pot. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, well, good for them. <laughs> I do want to ask, you mentioned Naya. I've talked to Naya a couple of times. I was with her in Kansas City and you know she has a lot of love for you and Jordan. I don't know how well you are friends with her um, just because she did the challenge you know, years ago. But um, I want to ask, every, the cat's out of the bag. It was supposed to be Jordan and Naya together mm -hmm. and Anissa. And I think his name was James, her best friend from Philly. Mm -hmm. um, they sent James home. They partnered Jordan and Anissa together. How do you think it would have been different if it was Naya and Jordan in the house? Because Jordan wouldn't have been tied to your best friend, Anissa. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Naya's great. Her and I hadn't had like a long relationship up to that point, but we had already really clicked and liked each other just based off the conversation we had on the podcast and just our mutual respect for Jordan as a person. So I think that we would have been fine, but I can tell you right now, having Jordan and Anissa paired together made it much easier for me to trust their team in total because they didn't have to question it. If yeah. Jordan would have been paired with Naya, maybe there would have been a seed in the back of my mind that would have been like, can I trust them? I don't know. Like I haven't been close with Naya for that long. And then also, you know, Jordan and I were on the rocks in the beginning of the season. So, and James would have been incredible. Like that is the biggest L the challenge ever took not having him. He is seriously one of the most incredible humans in the world. So that was such a loss. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I miss him so much. I wish I could be with him right now. Um, so I want to ask, you know, it looks like at the end of the season, you and Jordan have rekindled. He was so excited for you to win. Um, you guys, I'm assuming are on good terms. I know you guys are both casted on the challenge. I think they're calling it the global championship. Um, you know, with all the winners from Argentina, Australia. So where do you and Jordan stand right now? We're great. I mean, like we're probably the best we've ever been. I feel like anytime I talk to him, it's just like, I'm talking to that really old friend and 
you know, somebody I trust and would ride for no matter what. And I feel like he feels the same about me. So, you know, obviously we're different and we clash, like you see all the reunion, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to just wipe it off and still have each other's back. Definitely. So I want to play this game with you that I play with every single person I've ever had on the podcast. Okay. Um, This is first impressions. I want to give you five names and can you tell me the first impression when you first met them? Okay. First one I have is Nani. Nani, when I first met her, um, I was a little intimidated because she had such a, you know, Nani is Nani. There is no other Nani. And she is very real and she will speak her mind no matter what. So at at first I was kind of like, oh my God, like, is she going to like me? But um, she's actually like a super like empathetic person and loved her. So, but yeah, she, she's, she's real and real. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one I have is Johnny Bananas. I loved him. Like you can understand why people, why he has such a big name. It's not just this, like I put it on for the show. He truly is through and through that person. Like he's the only one in the final cracking all these jokes because no matter what the situation, he is just like himself. So I, you gotta love him. Mm-hmm. Wes Bergman. Um, yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. No, I I have nothing bad to say about Wes. I really don't. I'm trying to remember where I first met him. So I guess it was champs for stars. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, so because I met him on champs for stars, it was, I came in as like this rookie girl who got the opportunity to be with this, with all these incredible players. I was very much intimidated by him as well. Like, He's obviously known to be an incredible strategist and he'll take people under his wing. So I have nothing but bad things, uh, good things to say about him, I swear. <laughs> um, the next one I have is Amanda Garcia. Okay, so when's the first time I met Amanda? My first impression of her. Uh, well, I guess I met her. I wasn't there too long in the season where I first met her, so it doesn't count. But my second impression of her um, when I met her before Spies, Lies, and Allies was I gave her a big hug and I roomed with her for a little bit in the beginning of the season. So I liked her. I liked her in the beginning. Okay. And the last one I have is Corey Wharton. Corey. I mean, yeah, he's like Corey, right? Like he's the, he's Corey. He's the one and only Corey from the show. And, um, I mean, like he was definitely like hot shit back when I started. So, you know. <laughs> Um, he was just hot shit. Um, yeah. So I do want to talk about your past couple seasons. You know, you got really close. Um, arguably people said your best season was war of the worlds two before you obviously won this season. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody wanted to know if you could compare the finals, dirty 30, war of the worlds Two, spies, lies and allies and ride or dies, you know, easiest to hardest, which one was your favorite? Which one was your least favorite? Sure. Uh, hardest final. Mm, so they're different, right? Like you're, I'm scaling them on different things. Yeah. The reason why the hundred hour final was so hard was because there was a lot of downtime to think about what was coming up next. And it really depleted you mentally. And the first day was a half marathon. So you, you go into the final after doing 50 miles on a bike and then do a half marathon the next day. And then you still know you have like three days left to go. And that mental depletion made it very difficult. Mm-hmm. That still was not the hardest in comparison to War of the Worlds 2 final because that 16 miles with that gurney on your back was, I mean, people's shoulders were bleeding. But yeah. I also was paired up with CT and Jordan. So I had such a strong team that they made it easier to 
you know, deal with and Rogan and D. So like they were all really strong players. So it was, it was nice to work with them. The hardest final in terms of like mental game, dirty 30, it was my first final and everybody, not everybody, but few of the girls were psyching me out saying that it was going to be the hardest thing ever. And like, you know, you might like not survive and like really getting in my head before it. So my rookie final, it was probably the scariest because I had no idea what I was getting ready for. And spies, lies and allies final was the easiest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, so I have a lot of questions. I'm just going to throw this one out there because I want to get it over with about your fart. Um, was it real? What my fart? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was real. People want to know what was TJ's reaction. I, I'm kidding you not. I'm looking at at least 16 questions right here and I can keep scrolling if I want to about your fart. Dude, that was, okay. So <laughs> this is what I mean by the mental portion of that final really <laughs> took you because your body is going through so much stress that it's producing gas. Like yeah. everyone does it. Everyone is shitting themselves in a final, like yeah. legitimately. Um, so it was a real fart and TJ legitimately did not laugh. It was as awkward as it looked. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about the War of the Worlds 2 final a little bit just to get that far question out. I've talked to some people that were in the that final, and one of them was Rogan. He was on um, about over the summertime, and he said that you guys basically killed them. I mean, you killed yeah. the U.S. team. Um, when you yeah. got to the Snakes, it was like three or four hours, and he didn't think it was fair that, you know, the next day there was like a five-minute head start. So if you could just talk about your experience with that final, how bad of an ass beating you guys gave them, and what your thoughts were when you found out it's only five minutes. Like, do you think that's fair? What's your thoughts? Yeah. So I gave up like thinking, like, I think they try to, to be fair, the producers never tell you if you have an hour and a half lead, that that's going to add up to your total lead. They're very adamant about being like, it's going to give you a big advantage, which in their terms may be a five minute lead on the next thing. So I've understood since my first season that it's a it's a tv show first and foremost and then it's a competition if they don't have close people in the final and it's a blowout that's boring so i've kind of already accepted that um but i we crushed them and even with devin and i on the on the puzzle in this in this one right uh on the numbers puzzle i mean we were done 45 minutes before everybody. And then that was only 90 seconds the next day, you know? So it was, it was just, it kept things really close and definitely added nerves. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So you and Devin talked about, I think it was, it might've been both of you that you didn't want to do this season. Um, You decided to do it because you both could do it together. Um, What's your mental thought with the challenge? Go just going forward in general. Like I know you're on global. um, That's Mm -hmm. a great opportunity, but 39, 40. Um, now there's rumors that MTV people are getting called for the US. I'm not throwing anything out there about you, but there's rumors of going that. Are you interested in continuing with the challenge? Do you want to take a break? Because you have done four seasons in a row, five seasons in a row. There's been a couple yeah. of in a row now. Yeah, a break is coming. Just know that. <laughs> a break is coming. I'm I'm calculating when, and obviously that goes along with, you know, what my offers are. Let me just put it like that. Mm-hmm. but um, a break is coming. <laughs> so don't worry, haters. You're going to get, you're going to get space. <laughs> well, to mention the haters, you, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. You're the female face of the show right now. Let's, let's just call it what it is. That's, um, just, that's a heavy crown. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you get some hate. Let's be honest with you. I've gotten, mm-hmm. um, I've been a real big supporter of you and I've gotten some hate supporting you. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, what can you talk about that? There are some, you know, fan pages on Twitter. 
I think you deleted your Twitter actually, but what, I mean, what's your thought process with that? I mean, I've seen, received some hate here and there, but it's just for people I've had on the podcast or supported and it's nothing like mm-hmm. what I'm sure you have dealt with. So if you yeah. could just bring us to a more personal level of the hate. Sure. What I've come to terms with is like, that is my biggest hurdle, right? Like I'm crushing the challenges. I'm getting called back. I'm crushing social media. I'm crushing my life. I'm so happy. My mental health is on a hundred. What is the biggest problem in my life is the hate. If that is the only obstacle I have as a person right now, then fuck it, bring it on. I'm not afraid of it anymore. I know how to protect myself from it. It's not going to stop coming. It's never stopped coming. I don't expect it to. And honestly, my life would be too perfect without it. So if this is an obstacle I have to face, then this is part of it. And I'm not going to let it stop me from creating a beautiful life for myself. And then also helping my family. Like every single time I get a check, if you think I don't put money in my nephew's bank accounts, you're wrong. So I know, I know my role. I know how I provide for my people and I, nothing is going to stop me from doing that. Not somebody telling me that I'm not a vegan, not somebody telling me that, you know, I said something really negative like 10 years ago, like everybody grows, everybody changes. They're hating a version of me that doesn't even exist anymore because I evolve every single day. And that's that. Yeah. And I love that. I love that so much, you know, supporting your family. I mean, let's not forget you're an author. You have a podcast, you have two podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, f- I forgot about you have Tori dealing with, and then you're on the official podcast with Anissa. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely, you know, getting your name out there. So Thanks. going into the challenge, you know, this is a reality TV scene. Do you have plans after the challenge? Um, what's your, you know, I mean, unless the challenge is your career goal, what is your career goal and aspiration, you know, besides reality TV? Yeah, thanks. I feel like I love writing and I'm going to continue to pursue that. I only have one book out right now, but I have like three that I'm working on. So I'm excited to take time away. You know, maybe that long needed break from the show is going to help me to finish off some of my personal projects work on those for the next two years. And then my mind is at a point where I'm also really interested in learning more. So I wouldn't be opposed to going back to school and studying anything in psychology and maybe getting a degree so that I can be a therapist and work in mental health. Oh, I love that. That's what Sarah Rice does. Yeah. 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 And her and I are very similar in that sense. Like we've worked together before on, on collabs on social media and we really see eye to eye on that. And I think that we both had the same effect from what reality TV can do to, to an individual. And we both care enough to try to help people heal through some of the things yeah, that we've had to deal with. Definitely. She came on the podcast a year ago and, and, you know, broke everything down for about mm-hmm. how it goes. Do you think, I mean, you're a newer face, right? You started in 2017, I want to say with Dirty 30, but mm-hmm. I think the mental health scene in reality TV has gotten better at least gotten worse. Um, yeah. You just talk about, you know, these reality stars, I talked to some of them and they've told me, um, I'm not going to mention any names, obviously, and you don't have to either. But overall, you know, there's people that are obsessed with this, where their Instagram followers are checking every day. If they don't get a call back, it ruins their life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. Can you talk about what you see within the mental health scene in reality television? Yeah, I think like producers and casting directors have gotten really particular about making sure people are truly mentally stable enough to come on the show. I think that now we have enough people who have gone through the ringer and then we've seen how reality TV has affected them or ruined their lives. And now the producers are starting to take more responsibility for that. So I can say that from the backside, it does seem like the production is stepping up from the individual level. I think that, um, I mean, listen, they personality test us. They put us through psych exams. And you just hope that 
everybody's getting the right kind of attention if they're going to be on the show. And the one thing about getting hate on social media is that it is a fact, a fast track to learning. Like if somebody's telling me that I'm doing something that's fucked up and I don't think it is, but enough people are telling me that it's going to make me sit back and be like, wait a minute, am I, am I doing something fucked up? Like, can I, can I be a better person? And if you have the strength to, to grow, then it's going to be okay. It's the people that don't see the fault in themselves, I guess, or don't have the ability to, maybe they're trying to, and they can't. So, uh, I think long winded answer, but I do think that it has gotten better over time. Definitely. And I love to see that. Um, I want to talk about, you know, this past couple of seasons, it's, I don't want to say it's been kumbaya because there's definitely been some arguments and stuff, but overall, it seems like you guys are all pretty happy to be there. Right. And I talked to Josh Martinez at middle of December, he was on the podcast and he talked about how, you know, total madness, the house dynamic was great. Spies, lies, and allies, double agents, but war of the world's two, the house dynamic was just so negative. And every time he would walk around the house, he would just feel like it was just like two sides, you know, it was not a good place to be. Um, what can you say about that? And do you think those type of seasons are going to come back eventually? And how would you react to them if there were seasons that were that negatively, you know, the undertone that negative? Yeah, I think obviously it has a lot to do with the people that are in a room, right? A room itself is not inherently negative. It's yeah. the people who bring an attitude into the room. So I think it has a lot to do with the people who are there. And I can say this also, there are, and there was plenty of scenes and um, ride or dies that were arguments that were very intense that did not make air. So I know that it seems very kumbaya, but at the same time, there's probably some things that are being lost on the editing room floor for whatever reason, you know, the production doesn't believe that it's, it's necessary to be shown, yeah. but there is, it's not all kumbaya. Like, yeah. I think that we're like the, the shape of the challenge, it's definitely trying to pull away from this toxic, toxic energy and more into just like competition and still intense, but yeah. not as volatile. Definitely. I definitely agree. So yeah, that was an interesting part. Do you think, you know, you would ever do a season like All-Stars if you're asked? Because mm -hmm. um, there may or may not be some already one people being asked or called for that show. Um, is that something you'd be interested in? Do you just want to stick to the flagship? You know, what's your thoughts on playing with the older cast? Well, I, I would love to play with the older cast just for fun, but I haven't been asked to do it. So oh. I, ha I have... It doesn't really feel like it's in my ball, my ball court, yeah. ball, <laughs> my ballpark. Ball yeah. like ball, my it's in my ball. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it's in my ballpark. So, um, if they ask me, I mean, listen, with anything, it's like, what's the offer, right? Yeah. No, one hundred percent, I get that. So we are. There's been a lot of. I know you're not on Twitter, but there's a lot of pull on Twitter and Reddit for season 39 to be either rivals or exes. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's exes, we all know where that's going with you. I mean, I'm going to assume they're going to throw as much money as they can at you and Jordan. Um, <laughs> but if it's rivals, you know, everybody has a couple different options. So some people that threw out some names out there, um, Cara, Amanda, um, Michaela from Spies, Lies, and Allies, if it was rivals and let's say you got to pick your partner, who do you think you would work best with that you've gotten, had some beef with in the past? You know, what's funny. I feel like out of every single person you just named, if we were forced to be partners, we would work together fine. Like, I think that I could get along with Cara. I think I could get along with Amanda. I think I could get along with Michaela. Like if we're, if we have a common goal, then 
fuck the beef. Like, it's not even that serious. We're fighting to win. And if we couldn't agree on that, then that would be insane. The issue would be obviously like, what would you do if you had the ability to steal the money? That shit <laughs> would fuck me up. Cause I would never steal, but I know those bitches. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying they would steal, but I don't know if I could trust it. You know, <laughs> they would steal. They would steal. A hundred. <laughs> they would steal. They would steal. I mean, that's not even a debate. Um, you know, I, I can see that. Yeah. A lot of people are pushing for that type of season. Um, it looks like, as we said, you, Devin, Jordan are kind of getting pushed towards the Nelson, um, towards Nani, towards this limelight. Um, what is it like being a veteran and having these rookies come in and look at you as one of the best? And also like, I don't want to say like, I don't know how to word this, but look to you as like a leader within the show on what the show should be and stuff like that, because you've done mm-hmm. it. I mean, you just won and whether you like it or not, they're promoting you as the female face. We There's um, a Twitter account that tracks the Instagram followers and you have the most for the females this season. Wow. Um I'm th- obviously incredibly thankful, but like, you know, heavy weighs the crown because like nobody's perfect. I've had some slip ups on seasons where like they've checked me and they've been like, Tori, like you can't be drinking to the point where you're sleeping on a floor. Like you got to like get your shit together. And like, you have to remember that you are somebody that people do look up to. So I've had conversations with producers so that they could help me step into this role. But I promise you, it's like, you have to be so strong mentally to handle it. I guess for me, I went through a, through enough changes personally and grown enough that I, that I can do it now. And honestly, I'm not even drinking anymore. I've cut alcohol out of the picture so that I can step into this role, but um, ultimately I'm thankful. I think that any, there's plenty of other women who deserve to be in this spot and who could be in this spot. I think I just have been working on this goal for ever, right? Like I've only taken two seasons off and I really wanted to be a champ. It's been something that I've put before everything. I've put it before a family. I've put it before, like I've made this my, my thing. And so I'm just thankful that it's paying off. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I could see you winning multiple championships in the future. You know, we have you, Casey, Amber's a champ, but she's having a baby. So I'm assuming she's going to have to take a little bit of a break there. Mm-hmm. Um, Laurel, Cara as, as our last couple champs, but what would your, th- the global show is kind of like this, but what would your thoughts be on a champs only show? Um, mm. how do you think that would work? You know, bring back the global show again is like that, but there's some people that aren't, haven't won just because we don't have enough champs that are interested. If there was like a winners at war, like survivor did, how do you think that would go? Um, you know, I don't know. Would- it would be spicy. I can say this though, about the global champs show. It feels like that because even though they've only done one season for them, they are the cream of the crop for that season. And they all come into this season thinking that, what they say is the way to go. So there is so much more tension. I would say this season is the first time in a long time that I've been on a season where I did not know who was going to get voted into an elimination. It was completely unpredictable. And there was no such thing as one group of people running the game. It was way more complicated than that. So I think that in a sense, this next Paramount show is going to be that. Yeah, no, I I can definitely see that. Um, I'm excited for it. You know, we are excited to see who's going to win. 39, just, you know, I'm assuming it's right around the corner. Um, you know, we have all these seasons. Are you excited for 40? Do you think 40 is going to be a big number? Are you interested in 40 if it's a big number? Yeah, I think 40 could be cool because started on 30, you got to see 40, right? Yeah. But, you know, first you got to get the call and like anything can happen. What if an injury occurs? Like you don't know where life's going to take you. So I'm not counting my eggs before they hatch, but ideally I would love to be a part of that season if it's a thing. 
definitely. So any chance you're gonna be in Philly this weekend for Challenge Mania? <laughs> I'm gonna be in Miami, boo. Um, I I'm, know. I'm talking to Olivia all day because she's flying out there. But I was like, Tori's from Jersey, so she might make a special appearance. I wish. I really, really wish. I have been traveling so much and I'm literally in Miami right now. You're from where? Cherry Hill, right? I'm from like Sicklerville, so a little bit south. Okay. Yeah. I'm I grew up right next to Princeton. Okay. Yeah. Right, right in that same. I moved also. I live in South Carolina right now because I couldn't do the colds. Yeah. First first 18 years were was in Jersey. Yeah, it's same. Yeah. <laughs> Literally same. Um, do you think Miami's your end goal or do you want to move somewhere else? I know you lived in LA for a little bit with Jordan when you guys were engaged. Now it's Miami. Is that forever home for you? South Beach? Definitely not. De oh, <laughs> definitely shit. not. I like Miami. I um, you know, it's great, but at the same time, I always have to fly my cat back when I leave to go work on something or to travel. So I'm going to, with my challenge winnings, buy a house in Jersey. You're going back to Jersey? I'm going back to Jersey. Oh my, I don't think I've ever met anybody that's going back to Jersey. I don't have a choice. I have a <laughs> child of a cat. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Um, I want to get to some of these listener questions. I had a lot of people sending questions. Um, somebody wants to know, what makes Devin such a great partner? Devin's ability to strategize is second to none. He can walk up to any challenge and come up with the most logical way to go about it and most efficient strategy. So his strategy is, yeah, the best I've ever worked with. Besides Jordan, him and Jordan are up there together. Definitely. Somebody wants to know, what was it like seeing Turbo after your little altercation of War of the Worlds 2? Um, Turbo is interesting. Like I actually enjoy talking to him when I'm around him. But um, it's always a little intense because you really never know how somebody feels about the past. And obviously the past between Turbo, Jordan, and I wasn't great. So it was fine, but I was definitely a little nervous. Okay. I have three more questions about your farting that I'm going to skip over. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> um, if, this is an interesting one. If you could pick a theme for the challenge, season 39 or 40, what theme would you want? I definitely think to do like champs versus finalists. Like- okay. I think it would be cool because there's so many incredible people who haven't won champ, like a champ title yet. Um, so I think it would be cool or maybe like have us paired up with them, like a champ and a finalist. Yes. No, I like that. Um, somebody wants to know you and Cam Williams from Are You The One have been always compared to each other as these strong females coming in. Um, you started the season before her, you know, you both have made finals. Do you feel that comparison to her or any other females or are you somebody that just does your own thing and, you know, I'm going to get my win? Um, what's your thoughts on that? I'm a really competitive person. And I think to be compared to some of the greats like Cam, Cara, um, Ashley, uh, Laurel, all of these people that are champs or could be champs, like to be compared to them, that just means I'm up in that conversation and that means that I'm great. So it's a compliment to be compared to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's some questions that I want to just ask about your vegan, you recently become vegan. My dad's a vegan. So I've gone to some vegan restaurants. There's some good vegan food. There's some bad vegan food, like always. Mm -hmm. Um, there's been some blowback about Devin eating the smoothie and all that kind of stuff. What can you say about that? And just your thoughts? Yeah. So I had it put in my contract prior to filming that I wouldn't eat anything that wasn't vegan. Production knocked on our door like multiple days before the final. And they were like, hey, Tori, can you have like some like potatoes cooked in fish oil? And I was like, no, like that's not vegan. Yeah. And uh, so when going on there to drink, 
I would have done it, but Devin was like, I'll do it. And um, so I, it's safe to say that in the future, no matter what eating challenge they throw their way, it can possibly still be disgusting, but if it's vegan, I'm going to do it. So keep your eye out. A hundred percent. What would you rather have the pasta and all that stuff or a disgusting thing that's vegan? Okay. Well, without, without giving away too much information, I'm going to go with disgusting thing. That's vegan just because it took an hour and like a half to eat that pasta and it hurt so bad. It legitimately hurt. That's like, that looked rough. It was, I was crying. Yeah. It looks really, really rough. Um, so the last couple of seasons, we've had some rookie girls come in that have, you know, I don't want to say still the show, but have been really important to the storyline. Amber won her rookie season. Uh, Michaela got a lot of talk that season, but Emmy from Romania was the, the star rookie. Out of these rookie girls, who do you think would become the next challenge champion that have debuted in the last five seasons? Oh my God. I mean, I think that, um, okay. So what I think makes the challenge champion and sets them apart is obviously like the ability to work out. And so like all of the girls can do that. I haven't seen Michaela perform enough, but she seems like she has both the ability to work out and also strategize. I think she would be incredible in a final and uh, Nerys as well. She is obviously very smart and I think that she's proven that. So Emmy really relied on her partners for strategy just because the communication barrier. Yeah. But the other person I think could definitely be a champ is Olivia. Yeah. Olivia. I love Olivia. I think her and Arasu got in the future. Yeah. Um, I think they, you know, eventually could become challenge champs. I also, for males, I think Johnny Miller Brooks had a pretty good season. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, really smart too. And obviously really fit. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of a romance last season with you and Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some rumors this season. You can, I've talked to Arasu about it on the podcast, but I want your thoughts. There's mm-hmm. some rumors swirling that you and Arasu had a little thing going on, but editing didn't want to put it out there because they wanted the Jordan storyline. Was there any truth to you and Arasio or was that just completely made up by Twitter? It was no, there is definitely truth to it, but it was definitely off like a flirt. It wasn't so serious. Like we never hooked up or anything like that. And I think that because it was a dead end storyline, like production probably looked at it like, well, this is going nowhere. Yeah. You know, like it was like me drunk flirting at him and him just laughing. Like it was stupid. But um obviously he's a really attractive guy. And when you're in a house, it's nice to connect with people. So but it, it really wasn't that serious. And I have nothing but great things to say about him. How are you and Emmanuel doing? I know he's in Romania. You still yeah. have any contact. I, you can judge me all you want, but I really shipped the shit out of you two. Oh, I loved you two together, but where, where do you stand with him? Obviously he was not on this season. Rumor has it, you know, they went to the airport and were cut, but mm-hmm. what's your, you know, status with Emmanuel? Yeah, he, I mean, now it's just a good friendship. He, I believe is in a very committed relationship and, you know, our conversations are very much like, Hey, heard, heard you won the challenge. Congrats. You know, or I saw you did this choreography. Congrats. It's just, you know, spreading love, but it's all friendship. And, um, yeah, we live a world apart. He has a whole nother life. So I, I have nothing again, but good things to say about him. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I hope, I hope he's well. Um, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, I want to just give you any last words you want to say where we can find you on social media, anything you want to promote, just your time to shine. Oh, thank you. Well, first and foremost, I just want to thank you so much for waiting patiently for me to come on the show because it has taken a minute to schedule this. So I really appreciate your patience. Uh, I think you're a great interviewer with very direct questions, which I really enjoy. It are super thought out. And I love the amount of history, you know, about the challenge. So thank you for all of that. Um, And I just want to say like to people who are listening, 
definitely listen to people's podcasts and try to get to know them on every level before you decide you don't like them or not, because maybe you, you would click with somebody more than you realize. And I think that when somebody starts to make a train like the I hate Tory train or I hate this person train, if you just want to jump on it, fine. But maybe you're doing yourself a disservice because there's a lot of growth that happens on every challenger as long as we share our story with you all. And so there's a lot you could learn from it as well. So just keep an open mind to everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. You guys can always find me on Tori Dealing With, which is my personal podcast. You can find me on the Challenge Podcast. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me with the, in barnesandnobles.com. <laughs> like I'm all over the place. Um, but thank you for all the supporters out there. It's definitely, obviously a lot more of you than the haters. And uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I'm actually, I don't never do this, but I'm going to edit this tonight and post nice. it tonight because the amount of traction that your name has got um wow. yeah is really so I'm gonna drop Arasu in a week or two but I'm gonna post yours tonight I'll send you all the links I really appreciate this yeah um, that's all I really have <laughs> um, um what are you is this a video or is it just, it's just audio? audio it's just audio, audio. okay cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody asks nice. that yeah do we take a screen grab so that you can yeah sure Let's... we do that okay. right now let me fix my hair because I've been <laughs> hour. All right, ready? Yeah. All right, we're good. Thank cool. you so much. I appreciate you're it. Welcome. Thank you for um, having me. On. Are you, so you're going to Challenge Mania this week? I'm going to Challenge Mania this week. I'm flying in Saturday morning and I'm flying out Sunday morning. Oh my gosh. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to have a exhaustion stroke or something. Do you drink alcohol? I don't drink alcohol. Good, don't. I yeah. think you told me this, right? Yeah, I did tell you this. Dude, I stopped drinking seven weeks ago now and I feel fucking incredible. Were you drinking in Miami? I was wasted. Yeah, no, I remember. I Dude, remember I, I literally am like the best I've ever been because I stopped drinking. Yeah, no, you. I, I've heard that once you stop drinking, it's just, I've never drank before just because I have some ex-girlfriends that, you know, turn into meth heads, a lot of trauma there. Um, mm -hmm. But I've just never been interested in it. But I heard once you stop, it's just, it clears your head. I feel so good. Anyway, I'm I'm happy that you haven't even ever strayed from the path of sobriety. But um, yeah. but you know what? Even though it's gonna be an intense, at least you're not drinking. Your energy will still be there, and you're gonna be great. You're gonna have a great time. And is gonna be there. Olivia's gonna be there. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, no, Tell I, them I say hi. I will. Olivia just messaged me actually. Um, oh. but yeah, I'm excited for that. And then I'm going. I'm doing something else. I don't know why you're not coming though. I would really want you to be there, but it's sorry, Tori. It's okay. It's okay. Next <laughs> one. Yeah. Next one. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dylan. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That was the episode with Tori Dale. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Tori's social media links will be down below. Um, you know, like I said, mine will be there as well. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. You know, Tori really opened up about, you know, what she goes through with these shows. And, you know, we're going to see on Global Championship soon. We'll be recapping that on Most Likely Two podcasts. So I hope you guys all enjoy the episode. Have a good night and thank you. Chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Hey. Good vibes and such an incredible feeling. The podcast that you need and want. Interviews with reality TV stars. Uh, so entertaining. Now you don't want to miss me. Real as it gets, never know what to expect. Uh, got a rep jersey, I thought I told you. Yes, indeed. Every week, got a brand new poster while I'm hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Hey, chilling with Dylan, chilling with Dylan. Let's go.